Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. I would like to thank all of our new members our new listeners and readers that have subscribed to the podcast and YouTube channels and Facebook and Twitter and Patreon and have emailed in asking me to um, join BBR. And it's wonderful to see so many new people. I would like to offer this opportunity now to not only thank you, but also offer the chance to have your questions answered in future uploads. I understand that the subject of British cryptids is new to so many people, And I'm sure here at BBR, we can try and answer as many of those questions as possible as the months roll on. Or you may be able to shed some light on something I have not thought of yet, I've not seen or I've not learned. And it's by sharing that we may find, I say may find, an answer to this very large puzzle of the British cryptids. Now this week, I'd like to answer one of the regular questions I'm always asked. Are there areas here in the UK that have more than one account? And the simple answer is yes, and there are many of them. When someone asks me, usually I answer by giving the person all of the accounts we have on file from the immediate area alone. But then I also ask them to look at the river systems, the streams and the brooks and gullies which lead from one wooded area of cover to another. Does the area have natural caves or mine shafts? Is it known for UFO phenomena or missing people? Ghostly screams or running footsteps? Does the area have a special meaning in the old world, like a standing stone, an ancient barrow or a hill fort, a grass or a stonehenge? Any cup and rings, the megalith sites of interest? Now there's a very good map called a megalithic portal, and don't let that name put you off, that contains all of the sites here in the UK. And it is updated as new finds come in. And you'll find ancient hill barrows, um, forts, all kinds of things. Lots and lots of places I've never heard of. But it's out there. And it's a gentleman called Andy that puts it out. And I put a link below for you. Now, also worth looking into are ley lines. Areas of high or low ground energy. Old foraging or migration routes that our ancestors took even to the point of ancient springs and natural wells. All could be an indicator of what kind of areas the accounts are happening in. I have chosen one place at random due to the number of recent reports that have come in over a nine-month period from a very small town in the northeast of England and the surrounding fields and woods and farmlands that you find there. But in future uploads, I will bring you the other areas where the accounts cluster together. We might as well learn together as we go. I'm just as much in need of answers as you are. And I think by sharing the information we each have will lead us to an understanding of not only our unanswered questions, but maybe we'll also bring light to a great number of companion subjects. After all, this activity could all be entwined like ivy left to run wild. By looking at every facet, 
no matter how strange it is or it presents, is the only way forward, I feel. As understanding is the key to this, at the very bottom, the very core, understanding is the key. We may find some of the answers work well with your personal theory, or you may pick up on something no one else has yet to notice. So let's have a look at the small towns between Consett and Stanley in the northeast of England, and have a listen and see if you can spot any of the patterns. Hi Debbie, I hope you're well. I only recently rediscovered your YouTube channel and it's really caught my attention. I'm from Consett. So the encounters with the wild man, ape man type creature seen near Stanley and Consett, plus the Bigfoot type creature spotted in Hamstilly Forest, are of interest to me as they're right on my doorstep. I grew up very close to Beamish Woods and my parents also grew up in that area. Now there have been many legends and stories about creatures in those woods for as far back as I remember. And the woods are also said to be haunted by the ghost of the Grey Lady. Now, there have been many sightings of black panthers and even a werewolf on one occasion, to my knowledge. Usually, the story is spread by dog walkers in the early hours of the morning who are reporting these strange creatures. I, for one, would love to chat to some of those witnesses. And if you are one of them, one of the dog walkers or the gentleman that saw the werewolf, or know of them, please get in touch. Now, the church is the second encounter along the coast-to-coast -coast road that you spoke of in your video earlier this year is the one I know very well. I used to walk past it every day on the way to work, and I've had that feeling of being watched many times that the witness had. However, I have not seen anything. I did have one experience near Chopwell Woods, which was very strange. I used to have a hobby called geocaching. It's kind of like a giant treasure trail with secret containers hidden by people where they give you the coordinates of the location and you have to find the treasure that's left there. My friend and I decided to do a very unique one, which was designed to be done only at night for reasons that will become clear. The little containers we had to find were hidden off the River Derwent Walk on the cycle track, which goes between Concert and Newcastle. The containers had a reflective coating on them, so we had our torches, and you would look for the tins by shining your torch and waiting for the container to reflect light back at you. As we were looking for one can in particular, which was set about 100, 150 yards off the track, we both stopped dead in our tracks suddenly. We could both hear footsteps in the brush around us, and the footsteps were quite close to us. The noises stopped slightly after we stopped. And we stood still. And it stood still. So we knew it wasn't us making the noise. But we still passed it off as just being a deer or a fox or something simple like that. So we continued to search. But then it happened again. Only a minute later. So again we stopped. And a couple of seconds later, it also stopped. We both then got a horrible feeling. I can only describe it as dread like something bad was going to happen. We called out to see if anyone was there or anything was there, but there was no answer. It all seemed too quiet, and we were very uncomfortable staying in the area. After that, we called it a night and stopped searching. Fear got the better of both of us, and we headed back to the car and just got out of there. I still have no idea what it was that was moving around us, but it just really didn't feel right. I've had the feeling of being watched before, but this was completely different. It felt like a warning. 
Have you heard of many other encounters from the area, Deborah? Or could you give me some details of a researcher researcher from the area? I'm really interested in learning more and maybe helping in some way if I can. Now, from a very similar area, and you will notice that the bike route is mentioned again. I'm just having my cup of tea. We have Woodnocks and Two Hairy Black Legs 2019. I live in a, a mile from the town of Stanley. And I like to walk the cycle route as it's peaceful and full of wildlife. Something happened that was strange and I wanted to tell you about it. On this particular day, I walked into town using my normal route as it was a lovely sunny day. On my way back, I was reluctant to walk that way for some unknown reason. But I decided to go against my gut feeling and I headed up the line to home regardless. My music was quite loud and I had my headphones And it was that loud that I couldn't hear if anyone was behind me. Now, there's a part of the line where I always feel uncomfortable. And I tend to walk really fast through that section. As I was approaching that section of the line, I heard a very loud knock. And I stopped in my tracks and took my headphones out. And I turned around and this man was behind me. He must have also heard the knock because he was looking around to see where the noise was coming from. I noticed there were no birds on my left, only on my right-hand side. So I crouched down to scan the tree line up and down the embankment to my left, as it's all just wild bushes and trees. Now, I think the guy behind me thought I was a nutter, because when he passed me, he shook his head at me. I took a few steps forward and I looked again, and I saw two thick, hairy black legs. I knew it wasn't human legs, standing at the top of the embankment in the tree line. I thought it was a horse at first, so I took a few steps further and I couldn't see anything. There was nothing there for me to be able to determine what kind of animal this was. So I backtracked a few steps and the legs were then still noticeable. At this point, I became uneasy and a little robin flew in my path and I knew by that robin I needed to get going. I walked as fast as I could. I couldn't say whether this thing followed me as the bushes and the trees are quite dense in certain parts along the railway line. Now the robin was in front of me all the way along the line until I came to an open area, then it flew off. And all the way along, I never passed another person, which is quite unusual as it was... Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Or... House cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or The DMV. Number 97. Or House cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Woodwork prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. Chumba. The DMV. Number 97. Or. Chumba. House cleaning. 
Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time turn and parents and children are always about. I can't categorically say what this was, but it was very unnerving. I haven't been back along the line since this happened, as I've just been so busy. But I will be going back soon, hopefully. I would like to explain the robin. A few months ago, we were down in Filey for a week's holiday. And whilst there, I wanted to go to Dane's Dyke and a few other places where the reported strange anomalies are happening. So whilst in the area, I went on a walk around the nature reserve in Filey. A robin was in my path all the way. When we went to Dane's Dyke again, a robin was in my path all the way around. It was very noticeable. And I took this to mean maybe protection or a warning of some kind. Then, a few weeks later, just before the line incident, I took the walk up Weirdale Way, and again a robin seems to guide us through the walk. Strange, I can't explain it, but I'm assuming there's a reason for it. Now, many of our members report strange bird activity or noises. Many people are followed by crows and jackdaws. Some see recurring white feathers or stones stacked up on top of one another. One of the things I thought of when I heard this story was, who was the hero? The man who was between her and the legs, giving her maybe a chance to walk away without knowing? Or the hairy legs that could have knocked to make her take the headphones out and listen so she was aware of the man? What do you think? Not too far away. We have a young child who witnessed something in 1974. A witness to the wild man is how she stated it. Her name is Karen and she said, I'm hoping you can help me as I had a strange experience as a child that I would like to share. I'm hoping to shed some light on what happened to me that day and some help in working out what he was. I was somewhere between five and seven years old and I was in the local woods in Stanley, County Durham. I was with some older children just playing out as children do. And there was a group of us playing in the woods and climbing trees and making all kinds of noise. The girls I was with were about 13 years old and nice and sensible girls. So my parents allowed me to tag along with them whenever I got the chance. Where I lived back then was an ordinary house in an ordinary town in the northeast of England. There were lots of fields and woods to explore. But it wasn't remote or dense in any sense of the word. It was in a very average town, really, with surrounding countryside and green belt land and lots of small woods and streams scattered about. From what I can remember, we were playing in the clearing, and I think there may have been a rope swing attached to the tree. We were all playing, and for some reason I looked up into the tree, and high in the branches, I could see a really strange man. He was crouched down and he was holding a knife in one of his hands. He wasn't like a normal man who was just out of place. He wasn't a tramp or a boy playing tricks. And of course, all of this I'm trying to reason afterwards. The man I was looking up at, I called an ape man or a monkey man, as there are no other words to describe him. He reminded me of a caveman or a wild man who had lived out in the wilds his whole life. I've included a picture I found online that resembles what I saw to the, this day. And if you're listening on the podcast, it's the actual photograph that um, 
is used for the thumbnail. I can't remember a lot of detail about his appearance after 30 years or so. He had a long, bushy, dark hair and he wore no clothes at all. In panic, I pointed out to him the girl, to the girls that were with me and they looked up, but they said no one was there. I ran from the woods crying in fear with the girls chasing after me, trying to catch up to me and calm me down. They always insisted there was no one there, which you think would explain the whole thing away. But in fact, it had the opposite effect. The fact that only I could see him was way worse for me. I was hoping they would say it was just someone dressed up or playing a prank to explain why he was there, but they never did. That really worried me over the years. And on occasion, I questioned myself harder and harder than any sceptic out there. I'm constantly trying to explain all this away, hoping all of a sudden some tiny thought would give way to a, ah, now I understand. But that's never happened. That never came. Even to this day, my husband and family buy me monkey gifts or toys. I've never hidden this from anyone. This experience is part of me, part of my story. And one of the reasons I'm myself, it is my story of a terrifying sighting of a hairy man who looked like a monkey with a knife gripped tightly in his hand. I could see him just as clearly as he could see me. He wasn't like a Bigfoot or what I would imagine they looked like, but he wasn't like a normal human man either. I know for sure I definitely saw him that day. And it frightened me to think the girls I was with couldn't see him. And there's no explanation of who or what he was. You've heard me mention a number of times now um, the bike routes and you've heard the witnesses speak of the train line and it seems a little bit confusing. But some people know and others will not that many of our old train lines have been removed and they're now national it's called a national bike route and they run from john groats to all the way down to um land's end oh i couldn't think of it then i had a senior moment and they they run between my sighting area and many of the other sighting areas in the in the northwest and they do so all across the country now they normally have very steep embankments that are just kind of left by the councils to you know they'll initially plant them up but nobody ever really goes in there they're not lit at night so after dust they're incredibly dark they're nice in the day you can go from um nature reserve to parks and great to work with the kids it's flat area so it's really good if you're disabled as well but as i say the signs are incredibly deep and um steep and every now and again you'll find a wooden set of staircases that will take you up to the top I don't know anyone around here that walks them at night. Only people that are up to no good are people that are incredibly brave and don't mind walking. You can't see your hand in front of your face. It's that dark down there. Um, and they like there's the occasional old railway bridge that goes across the top and it's always thick um, with foliage. It's not a place I want to be. And I've heard reports on those bike routes um, from Chatham in London, Oxfordshire in the Lee Valley. Um, a gentleman there was walking home one night and he describe what he no he's walking to his friend actually and he described what he said as this following footsteps that we've mentioned here where you stop and it stops and everything's incredibly silent and there are no birds around and there aren't anything we don't know 
what is in those bushes but you know that something's there and you have this horrible feeling of dread and you can't really turn around and you don't want to run because you feel that running would make it run after you but it can be very validating when somebody else writes in and says actually something really strange happened to me in that area so for these witnesses, it's more than validation. And it's a number of ordinary people with nothing to gain. We don't know about each other, never spoken to each other. We all have a similar kind of story to tell. Hi, Deborah. I contacted you when I saw in the British Bigfoot Facebook group a post by a lady named Karen in an area close to where I had a strange experience in 2006. It happened to her in 1974. And this also happened in Stanley, County Durham in the northeast, a short walk away from where the lady saw her eight-man creature in a tree when she was playing as a child. And I wonder if it was the same thing I saw many years later. I think Karen described it as an eight-man or a monkey man. And was hoping to chat with you as there's another location along the same road where I used to ride my bicycle between my girlfriend's house and where I lived back then. It was on a quiet part of the road that I always felt like I was being watched by something. A feeling I had a few times along that road. It always felt like something I couldn't see was watching me from the shadows. I knew something was there, but I could never see anything or make it out in the shadows. As it would often be late at night when I'd be returning home and it was usually dark. And on one occasion, I saw something big standing behind a large tree near the graveyard next to the church. I believe whatever it was, it had followed me as I rode along the whole of that road until I got to the main road and had the feeling that it was gone. I didn't have the feeling I was being watched as long as I kept to the main part of the road. But when you left the main road, the feeling would return. Now, on the night in question, I was on my way to my girlfriend's house, so this time would have been about 8pm. We both lived in County Durham, but in a different town, so I rode this route a lot. I used to cycle to my girlfriend's house, because she lived in the Stanley area, and I would bike it from my house to hers, and then back later in the evening. The area itself is on the coast-to-coast path, in between Concert and Stanley. It's mostly fields with woods along the main road, and it runs along the side of the farmland with a few dense patches of woodland here and there. At the concert side of the route, there's a church, the graveyard, and a dense row of trees at the other side of the path. Behind. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And church. As soon as I got onto that path that night, I got the feeling that I was being watched again. So I looked around everywhere, but I couldn't see anything. So I just continued on with my journey. When I was on my way home later, it only took me about 10 to 15 minutes to get to the church. And I heard a noise behind the trees where earlier I felt something was watching me. It was coming from exactly that area. So I slowed down to have a good look. I waited while my eyes adjusted and I saw the shape of a large dark figure which was standing behind a tree. It was really tall 
roughly about seven to seven and a half feet in height. I couldn't make out any facial features or fine detail. It was so dark and the only light I had to see by was the one on the front of my bike. I didn't want to stick around and I had no thoughts of approaching it to see what it was or to get a closer look, so I quickly left. Now, it would usually take about 10 minutes for me to get to the end of that path and that night I did it in about four minutes flat. The area is on a lot of open land and trees and close to the end of one section, there's a series of about six short hairpin type turns. There's a small narrow trap for bikes to use and it's sided with 10 foot high embankments on either side of the bike trail. These turns go around and they are big and they go deep enough back that something or someone could hide just around the corner or around the next bend or up on the bank and not be seen until it was too late. Mad hippie of Stanley. I'm from the Stanley area and this tale of a hairy wild man has gone on for years that I can remember. Some people say the Yeti or the Mad Hippie. This hairy fella is rumoured to apparently live in Star Woods. If you look from high ground up there, you can see a woodland that resembles a star. About 20 years ago, myself and five of my mates had a brick thrown at the car one night near Beamish Museum. We also saw a figure moving at great pace just after the brick was thrown at us. The figure cleared the fence and ran across the road and cleared the other fence, disappearing easily into the woods. Now bear in mind it was moving quicker than the car was moving. Now you'll find there are a vast amount of tales revolving around Beamish, the listed endless, he says. Now a number of years ago I was contacted by a gentleman who lives um, not too far away. I said... something happened to him when he was much younger that up until now he had no explanation for. And it's if you follow the river or you follow the easy route that I would say on these bikes, you come to a place, um, I I can't think of it. It'll come to me in a minute when I'm reading the site and I'm really sorry. Springwell, you come to Springwell Village, which is just along the bike route through the Greenbelt. And as I say, I was contacted by a gentleman who said something happened to him when he was much younger. Up until now, he had no explanation for it. He saw a hairy gorilla-like creature in an English garden, and it's not something this gentleman thought other people would have seen too. I advised him there are many witnesses, and I would happily share his account in the hopes that somebody in the area saw something similar back then. But this event, before this event or after... Deborah, do you have any accounts in the Springwell area in the northeast of England? The reason I ask is when I was younger, around 12 or 13, I would sleep over at my grandparents a lot during the weekends and school holidays. And one night when I was staying over, I saw what looked like a gorilla's head peeking out from behind a tree in the garden and looking through the trees outside my window. I think it was watching me in bed. And I remember being so scared I hid under the covers for the rest of the night. I was worried that this gorilla would climb into the window and get me. You have no idea how much I identify with this story. If I had to describe it, I would say the face kind of just looked like a gorilla, but with not much hair on it. This thing had a short, stubby nose with massive eyes that looked black. But it was so dark, I'm not sure if there was any colour in them. There might have been in a different light. 
Now the head around the face and head looked dark brown, almost black. I only really saw the head peeping around the tree before I quickly made sense of what was happening and hid. I used to spend every free moment at my grandparents' home in Springwell Village, Washington in the northeast before this happened. You'll hear over the coming uh, months this peeping behind trees and back and in and back and in and it seems to be a very similar habit that they, you know, in quotes, seem to have. You'll also hear this um, where they do the peep and they drop down to the belly very quickly and kind of commando out of an area, which I would imagine to watch would be absolutely terrifying. And especially if you're only 12 or 13, to see something that is impossible looking into your bedroom window when you're a child is absolutely terrifying and I can attest to that. And I can remember that night well, he said, although I was fairly young at the time. I'd stayed up late watching TV with my grandparents and when I finally did go to bed and I was lying in bed and I didn't have curtains and I didn't, so there was nothing closed. There were no houses at the back of us and the house looked out onto Greenbelt land. I've never had the curtains closed, ever, that I can remember. I'd just watched the sky and the star till I nodded off. And this night, I was just lying there in my bed. And I moved around a little bit to get comfort. And I lay down on my back with my head to one side. And I'm just looking out the window. I was just daydreaming and looking outside, thinking. And all I could see was the conifer trees that my grandfather had planted a few years before. As I lay looking out the window, I noticed two eyes looking at me. Right away, I was scared, and I kept looking. And as my eyes adjusted to the surrounding trees, I noticed what looked like a gorilla's face peeking through the trees. It was watching me. Fear, being gripped by fear, I hid under the blanket until I fell asleep. And as I said, the face kind of just looked like a gorilla with not much hair on the face at all. It had a short stubby nose, two massive eyes that looked black. The hair around the face and head was dark brown, really black. And he only really saw the head of this thing clearly, not the body, before I hid. But this wasn't the only strange thing that happened. The second account happened about 10 years after, I, after I'd seen the gorilla face. So now I'd be about 22 years old. My grandparents had moved not too far away, just after a couple of years before. But they were still in the same area, just in a different house. They moved to Windy Nooking Felling in Washington. And I was sleeping over to look after my nano due to my granddad being in hospital and she didn't want to stay in the house alone. I had a fold-out bed to sleep on, which was in the sitting room, and I just set up the bed in the middle of the floor when I was going to sleep there for the night. And that's what I did on this particular night. I always sleep with the windows open because I have trouble sleeping without background sound and I still never shut the curtains. I was fast asleep and I awoke in the middle of the night and it would be about 2, 3 a.m. So what I can only describe as a woman screaming like she was being murdered. I mean, it made the hair on my neck stand up. It was so bad. And then it stopped. Just like that. And I've never heard it again. Nobody reported an attack and none of the neighbours mentioned anything. I looked up different animal calls and sounds like foxes and deers and badgers, trying to explain Explain the sound, and I couldn't find anything similar. It doesn't match any native sounds I can think of, so I don't know what made the noise, or if it's connected to the gorilla from ten years before.
If we look just to the southwest of these reports, a short jog away, we have the River Wear. And if we surmise that these creatures, if indeed they are flesh and blood, would need water, food and cover, the River Wear would be not only a smorgasbord, but a natural motorway of sorts. Include that in with the bike route and you've got ample ease of moving around. You'd be able to get out to the coast very easily and the coast would double your food sources. And also, there's salt there. We all need salt. All mammals need salt. Or is there something about the area that is attracting the phenomena due to the large amount of reports in this just this one part of England? Is it emitting a strange enemy? Emitting a strange energy, I should say. I hope that wasn't Freudian. Uh, Or is it attracting energy in some way? Now, for now, we should just follow the river's course, east and west, and see what reports following the river will bring us. I live in Durham City, and I'm often walking with the dog in the early hours of the morning. And I've seen a couple of scary, interesting creatures on my travels. The first incident happened when I was walking in a passageway leading up to the cathedral. The dog stopped short in her tracks and she started growling. So I got my torch from my coat pocket and I put it on. And when I did, I saw a dark, furry, upright, dog-like figure running at fast speed away from me. And it was headed towards the riverbanks. I followed down the passage onto the riverbanks and I saw it run towards Preben's Bridge. Wherever it was, it ran up the road where I heard a car skid and stop. I ran up the road, but there was no sign of the creature. The car driver who had to stop was shaken. She said it ran at the car, jumped over it with ease and ran towards Potter's Bank. When the second incident happened, I was in a small wooded area known locally as Maiden's Castle. When out there, I'd noticed on numerous occasions things like broken trees that couldn't be broken by a human being. I found a camp-like structure and sticks randomly placed in and on the ground. I was walking around the part of the wood that looks over the river with a good view of Pilar Woods, Old Durham Farm and over towards Sherburn Beck and Sherburn House. As I walked, I checked my watch and it was about 3.35am, June 2019. And it was fairly light out. The dog was the first to alert again. And she started barking and jumping about. At first I couldn't see anything as I looked around. And I heard a deep grunt and some heavy footsteps. Then I saw a large tree shaking as though it was very windy. But it was the only tree moving like this. As the weather weather was mild and it was not windy at all. I couldn't see what was making the tree shake or what was making the grunts and footsteps, even though they were getting closer all the time. So I ran to the dog and he followed me towards the old Winnie High School and back into the built-up area. Now these events haven't put me off walking early in the morning like this. I'm just curious to know what they are. We were contacted by a gentleman named Ross, who reported a very strange creature he saw in an area within Hamstilly Forest, whilst he was out hiking off trail. And Ross was happy for me to share his experience, as he, at this point, had no knowledge of the other encounters, and he presumed he was the only person in the area to see one. And he was hoping someone in the area may have witnessed the same creature. Now, I always ask the witness to write out or record their account in their own words before I share the map or any details, 
or any similar accounts to their own. And I know that can seem like they're doing all the work, but I don't want to influence them in any way whatsoever. So I don't want to tell them what previous accounts have been. I just want them to write down what happened to them in their experience. And then when they've done that, I will try and validate it for them. And Ross said, I was walking in the woods up in Blackbanks area close to Low Shipley and very near Wolsingham. I was out hiking. I was just walking along as I usually do. And I saw something that I could not really begin to describe. And I thought it could maybe have been one of those Bigfoot type creatures. I once watched a documentary about them years ago. And this thing that I saw looked exactly the same as the one in the documentary. It was upright and all hair covered from head to its feet. And it was all one colour. I'm positive there's one lurking in the woods around Hampstead Forest. And I know people will not believe me. But what I saw looked like a Bigfoot that you would see on TV. Now, another gentleman was in Hamsterley Forest on the mountain bike trails again, and he saw the same figure, a similar figure, tall, upright, hairy creature that cut across the path in front of him. There are lots and lots of accounts of vandalisation on those bike paths where you've got wire stretched across the path. At one incident in Wales, you have an actual pig trap of square pit with sharpened sticks within it. There are huge boulders placed on the tracks, but there's no tool marks or um, diggers or anything like that that could move them. You'd see the soil disturbance. It would seem that someone's not too happy about the constant bike traffic at Hamsterley. And I wonder if it's the constant bike traffic at Hamsterley that kind of pushed the accounts out into the smaller woods along the way, like Blackbanks and Beamish and Morpeth and all of the other small woodlands that lead by the river to the coast. Are they becoming, is that why we're seeing them there? And we'll talk, I'll talk a little bit about at the end, uh, whether these people are seeing them by accident or whether they're being chosen. I mean, there is that debate. Now, these are not the only accounts along the way, as there are many other sightings and accounts of strange activity and creatures a short walk away from the way. I did not add them here as I have brought them to you before in the videos. There are accounts from Harwood, Kielder, Hamstiller, Weardale, Simonside, Cleedon, to name just some of them. There are reports from paranormal teams that have been chased from the woods. One team so scared they left behind valuable equipment and returned home two days early. After experiencing wood knocks that surrounded them in ever-decreasing circles, strange bird sounds and a chattering speech. The leading member who was walking out front was seen to turn white-faced and he said he had just seen a tall, wide, dark, hairy human shape walking off into the woods away from them. And the knocks continued, so they packed up and they left. Or what about the research team who repeatedly went into an area over and over again? While trees were shaken and howls and whoops followed them along the trails, sticks and stones were thrown at them in camp and walking in and out. To the point, they were chased out of the area on numerous of occasions back to the car. On certain nights before being pushed from the area, they would camp. And one particular night, earlier in the night, they were sitting in camp and one of the men shone a torch into the darkness after small stones were landing in camp. And standing there was a dark figure that was about seven to seven and a half feet tall. It was half hiding behind the tree. 
He then turned the light off for a second and then turned it back on. And it had crouched down low behind the fence this time. He quickly turned the light off and then it had gone. There was nothing to see and no noise of it moving away from them. The figure was all black in colour and was described as massive in size. They're no longer researching those woods. An early morning special bus driver whose routes take him along the dark roads close to these areas witnessed a large, hairy, bigfoot-type creature on the edge of the forest on two occasions. He reported the encounter to his wife and he told her his experience. She said, My husband was making his way down the road and he was astonished to see what he would later describe to me as a bigfoot-type creature. He said he passed it, driving quite quickly. So he couldn't give me any real in-depth details about facial features or anything like that. When I pushed him for a description, he just said, it was a large, hairy, bigfoot-type creature on the edge of the forest. And he saw it as it was picked out by the lights from the car, and it seemed to be catching and eating something. It looked to be over eight feet tall, and it was very broad across the shoulders, and definitely wasn't human. It put whatever it had caught up to its mouth and started eating. My husband has had another sighting, she says, on the way to kill up this very morning. And this was, um, it was only a number of months ago. He was driving the same route he drove last time. And as he got closer to kill up, close to the same place that the last time he saw the creature, he saw it again. But this time the Bigfoot was further out from the trees and more towards the road, standing on the dirt track, more in the open. And then there's Lee McCall. And their strange encounter during a drive after a night out. It happened in Ebchester County, Durham in October of 2009. And the men were driving the country lanes at night in the area when one of the men pointed out a strange dark figure hiding in one of the old ruined farm buildings. I was just with my friends on the night driving the lanes when my buddy Carl shouts to me to stop. And all he does is just gaze at this old doorway in one of the old abandoned farm cottages. I did stop and look, and standing there in the doorway was something. It was around seven feet off the ground, and he could just make out two eyes. It was watching us from the darkness. I turned the car slightly, so the beams hit the building, and it lit up the door. And this figure was just standing there, and it was off like a shot, like nothing I have ever seen. Its reaction was so fast. We looked inside the empty ruin, but there was a sheep splayed out on the ground and we just got out of there. My mate was screaming and stuttering. There's a hat, can cheap, Liam. There's something on the field running at the house. Go. Wasting no time, I started reversing like there was nothing stopping me. I turned the car around and he was not kidding. Something was running after us. I own an imported Salika GK. Tea and it's my baby and I didn't care if I damaged it. I was mounting three foot high banks and verges trying to turn around and get away from it. There are two accounts from a small town just to the north of Stanley called Cleden. And one of the local words for the creature that is seen is the geet, meaning very big, uh, the giant. One is from a gent going home from a night with his girlfriend. As he walks the lanes to the bus stop and he's caught a little short, he nips to the bushes to relieve a call of nature. But to his disbelief, he peed on the wrong bush. He said, this massive, skinny, hairy thing came lunging out at me. 
I jumped back and I remember screaming in shock because it was so tall and hairy. I can only describe it as looking like Chewbacca from Star Wars, but thinner. It scared me witless. I turned and ran quicker than I have ever run before and I could hear its thuds behind me for maybe 10 metres. It clearly did not want me there and I didn't stop to look back. On the same stretch of road, another gent walking to the local shop one evening saw what he described as what seemed to be a large bipedal creature. Now the night was so dark it's hard to tell exactly the description of the creature he said. However, it appeared to have a very thick fur coat. He estimated that it was around 50 yards from the creature and it walked along the edge of the tree line before it was startled and it ran back into the trees. It was solidly built with what looked like a thick fur coat on. Another person out with the dog in the Dean area of Durham made this report. I just thought I'd tell you of an incident that happened while I was out walking with my dog last week. This was just a couple of months ago. I tend to walk the same route every night and we walked along the stream. The terrain on either side of the street banks rises steeply on both sides. On one side leads to the road and the other leads to open fields. My Westie dog is six and a half years old and has walked these paths for nearly all her life without any problems at all. However, on this particular night, as we approached the Dean, she started to stay very close to me. So close that at times I nearly tripped over her. Now this is not her usual demeanour at all. And that's why I started to take note of her behaviour. Because she kept doing this, which is very unlike her and I didn't know what to think. So I just kept trying to get her to walk the way we usually went. I kept trying to steer her that way. And when we got to the Dean entrance, which is an old car park that is no longer accessible to cars, she flatly refused to go any further. That dog would not move. She was pulling back and trying to go back the way we'd come. And when I got hold of her and managed to get her closer to me, she cowered and growled. I think she was really scared of something that I couldn't see. In the end, I had to give up and turn back the way we'd come. As we left the area and crossed the main road, I heard what I would describe as a very loud, sharp wood knock. Only the one knock, and apart from that, the area was unusually quiet. There was nothing else out of the ordinary. So, as you now know, there are far more encounters than people realise. Each town or city having a cluster of reports that follows out from the busy places to our suburbs and our wilder places in the green belt. Who knows, maybe you are a future witness or you've witnessed or experienced something similarly yourself and you'd like to report it or share it with others. We have to ask the question, are all of these encounters accidental or are some of them made to happen i'm not really sure of the word i'm thinking of at the moment but maybe we don't see them by accident all of the time not only are there very similar patterns in the areas that are used and the similar patterns in the description of the creature seven to seven and a half feet tall completely hair covered normally said to be of a reddish auburn color a very very dark brown that looks almost black but we have reports of them having gray hair they must move around at day and night because they're sighted at day and night. 
Lots of children are witnesses. Charmaine Fraser, for instance, Karen, who spoke earlier, and lots and lots of people were witnesses that when they were a child and they report later on. Many of those people have had strange experiences around what we would class as the paranormal or unexplained, you know, what they class as the alternative subjects. I think maybe everything's connected in some way, um, and I'm sure that my journey will either play out that way or it won't. But if you've experienced anything like this and you are out in this area, Stanley, um, County Durham, anything like that, if you get that feeling that you're being watched or you feel like your gut is telling you to just get out of there, well, listen to it. Don't argue it out. Don't question it. Just follow your gut and get out of there. Your gut is always your best advisor. So if you feel the air just go up on the back of your neck or you think I am no longer alone in this situation remove yourself from the situation if you have a dog put it between you and wherever you are feeling like this threatening feeling is coming from because you're not you're feeling it for something and it's not even got to be the woo as they call it out we're animals at base and animals notice smell hear touch taste thousands of times faster than humans and we still have that in our brain so without us even realizing it we are always clocking our surroundings without even acknowledging it and our surroundings are giving us there's something being we've either smelt it without realizing we've heard it without realizing or our sixth sense knows that this thing is it there and as i said it they come in over and over again sometimes they're reported as eight men gorilla men Sometimes reported as dog-like creatures or wolf-headed men, um, seeming to emit the same strange kind of behaviour. So, do you have the bike pass in your area? If you're saying, "Oh, I can't," you know, I can't get out there and have a look because I live in quite an urban area or I live on the edge of suburbia. That might be the answer. But I'd go in the day, not because I'm scaremongering. Well, a little bit because I'm scaremongering. It's an area that you don't really want to be in at night. But you see more in the day. You know, it's much easier to see and look out for sign in the day. Um, so just be careful when you're out there, really. And um, when you get, as I say, when you get that feeling, listen to it. And I'm sure that as the weeks go on, you'll notice that come up more and more and more when the witnesses talk um, of that feeling of being watched. So I've added in a, a, my email address in the description. So if you're a future witness or a previous witness, or you know of an account or experience in that area that we don't know about, please get in touch. I would love you to contact me. And it's just debbiehatswell at gmail.com, all lowercase. It's really, really easy. Uh, so until next time, I hope you all have a wonderful week. And I bid you good night. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.